Hey, this is Welby Pierce. I'm the lead pastor of Hope Rising Church. I want to thank you for listening today. I hope it inspires you, hope it builds your faith, and hope it gives you perspective to see how God is moving in your life. I hope you enjoy the message. We're so honored to get to do this and be here with you uh, today. Hope your, your Sunday has started off well, and I hope it just is a catalyst into your week. Uh, man, I got great news. How many love good news? I love great news. Uh, on f- this past Friday, two days ago, my wife and I, we celebrated 16 years of marriage. Come on. I... I just want to honor my wife today. She's amazing. And uh, let's go. Me and the sound man, we're on the same page today. And so uh, we just, man, we are just, I love my wife. I love our kids. And uh, it's awesome to get to do life with somebody amazing. And uh, man, if you're married, uh, I hope you feel the same way about your spouse as I do about mine. And uh, if you're not married, man, I pray God gives you that spouse one day that uh, you can be excited about, right? Right. All right. Hey, um. I I love honoring people. I love honoring teams, and I love honoring our church and our dream team. Man, you may not, you probably realize it as you walked in today. We do church in a school, but man, we we actually, when we're done today, we'll pack all this up, and it will go into two 24-foot trailers. And our church exists in two trailers. (laughs) That's it. And uh, that's it. They're 24-foot long, heavy trailers. And uh, man, I just want to give honor to our trailer team, man, Ace and Enrique. Man, they they pull, they pull these trailers week in and week out. And this is a shameless plug, but I ain't scared. I ain't worried about it. If you if you have a truck. Man, we would love for you to like once a, once a month or so be able to pull a trailer. And uh, man, I'd love for you to grab a hold of Ace or Enrique today and say, hey, whatever I got to do, I want to help pull the trailer. Uh, those guys literally have pulled the trailers from day one. And uh, man, I just am so thankful for those guys. Because if the trailers don't get here, it's a long haul from the storage facility, or long push, I should say, uh, from the, the storage facility to here at the school, and um, things won't be happening the same way. So we're so thankful for those guys. And so, hey, a lot of great things uh, going on here at the church. want to be able to just kind of give you over the next few moments kind of what the fall is looking like and how it's shaping up. You heard Enrique say it earlier, but our groups start today. Man, I love our groups. Everybody say love it's yeah, I love our groups, man. This is where, where people's lives are really begin to cultivate and change. And man, we find freedom in the context of relationships. And man, we just see just people's lives and their families being changed because they're not doing life alone, but they're getting around a group of people that are like-minded, that are going towards something together. And uh, man, it's just amazing. So if you've not signed up for a group, man, I encourage you, get on our website. Man, you can go to the Next Steps area today. Talk to some people there about it. We'd love to get you hooked up. They start this week. Uh, find one for you. If you've got students, our youth group will be starting this week as well uh, at the home of Dakota and Taylor and just doing an amazing job there as our kids and our youth pastors. And so uh, we would love for you, if you've got students that are junior high or high school, man, get them there. I promise you their life is going to be changed forever. And so um, in two weeks, everybody say two weeks. Two weeks, we got some of them that I just, it's one of my favorite Sundays of the year. We did this last year and it was just so awesome. Uh, but God has, has gifted our church with, with leaders and has gifted our church with uh, people that have the, the, the ability to communicate. And so in two weeks, we're doing something that we call five and five. And five and five, uh, we'll have five communicators up here speaking uh, with a common theme for five minutes apiece. And man, this, this is an amazing Sunday. Uh, if, if, if you plan um, to miss a Sunday, don't miss that one. All right, if you got vacation, like reschedule it. I don't know what to tell you. Like, like don't miss that Sunday, whatever you do. It's gonna be so good. October 12th, we're gonna have we're gonna party in the park and uh, we're just gonna be hanging out on that day as a church family. Uh, I'd love for you to come out and be a part of that as well. Uh, in the, in, towards the end of uh, October was Halloween and, and we, we've started doing this at, last year, what we call Halloween hotspots. And uh, you know, we know Halloween is a kind of a darker holiday, but but 
how many know Jesus called us to be the light? And we just believe being in our community and being the change and being the light. And, uh, and so on that day, we have different hot spots around the city and the area. And uh, man, we're handing out not just candy, but we're handing out hot dogs or hamburgers or whatever it may be. And just letting our community know, hey, we're here. We love you. Whatever you need, we have got you, fam. And so uh, we'll get, be given more details about that also uh, as time gets a little bit closer. And then in December, uh, December 8th, we're gonna be having our legacy offering. Uh, this offering makes just a huge difference in the life of our church and uh, as we look into the, the, the future in 2020. And so we'll be talking more about legacy offering also as we get a little bit closer. But just wanna kind of give you a heads up about what's coming up over the next little bit here and as you're doing and we're doing life together. I love getting to see what God is doing around the city. I love getting to see what God is doing around other parts of Houston. Last week, uh, I was, uh, got asked to go speak uh, at a friend of mine's church in Rosenberg. He started his church uh, a year ago last week and he said, hey, it's our one year. I would love for you to come speak to our people. Uh, and so we got to be a part of that. Uh, I got to go love on their people in Rosenberg and, 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 and just give them Jesus. And man, it's amazing to get to see what God has done in that church uh, in one year. They, they don't meet in the school, they meet in a gun range. Let's go. Hashtag guns and God. Come on. And so, uh, so, so give, them, give them Jesus at 1030, and then they're shooting like about 1230, all right? And so um, it's an amazing thing. I don't really think they need security at that venue. I think they're probably okay. And so, uh, but I was there last week, and uh, man, we, this is a church that we've helped pray for. Uh, we've helped to resource them financially and helped resource them with other things and, uh, and help them along the way. And so this, this church is, uh, uh, just been, is near and dear to our hearts. And we love Andreas and Emily Morales. They've been amazing. And I, I want you to know that the generosity that you've, you've sown in and that you've given, uh, part of that generosity for that church was that we helped them buy a sound system uh, for their church. How many know that it's nice to have a sound system? Come on. How many know it's good to have a sound system? Come on, it'd be like really hard to like yell and scream a whole bunch without a, without a microphone. And so, um, so we're glad to be a part of that. Hey, I got something really cool uh, for you today or really this month. Uh, we're, we're in the ARC, an, an ARC Network, which is Association of Related Churches. And I just think this is really cool. Over the month of September, there are 28 churches that are being planted and being launched all across America. Man, it's amazing. And so we celebrate that. In fact, one is right in Sugarland that we've also, because of your generosity, been able to support financially and be able just to love on them and help them. Uh, Purpose Church with Derek and Lisa Earhart. And I, can I tell you that, that God is doing amazing things. They're meeting at Constellation Field uh, where, uh, is it the Skeeters? I think, is that what they're called? The Skeeters play. And um, that's just be a cool team just to be on. I play for the Skeeters. And so uh, I feel like you should have like a, 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 a you know, some dip in your mouth and spit when you say it, you know, skaters, you know, and so, I know that's not very church-like, but just roll with me, okay, and so, um, and so we got to just partner with them, and man, can I tell you that gosh is doing amazing things, they launched today, and uh, I'm excited, I uh, can't wait to, yeah, come on, and you get to play a part in that. You may, not, you may not always get to see everything that, that you are a part of, uh, but I want you to know that these are some, some places that, that because of your generosity, we've sown into and been allowed just to see God do great things. So when you're praying, don't just pray for us, pray for churches all around us. And so, you know, when we, when we started Hope Rising and God placed us in our hearts, there was, there's really, we had two options. We had two options on what we wanted to do or how we would do it. One option was that we, we could choose to revolve it around Kristen and, and, and I. Or the other option was is that we could begin to revolve it and have it grow from those that God brought us. And we just thought that was a way better, a way, better way of doing church than having it revolve around just her and I. And man, can I tell you, because of that, we have 
it allows us to, to do what God's called us to do, but moments on a Sunday where maybe I go speak, we have a, a young man, Pastor Dakota, that spoke last week, and can I tell you, he just did an amazing job. Uh, I was able to see it and listen to that, and, and so, so I'm so thankful that that we have a church that doesn't revolve around us too, but that it revolves around all of us. That this isn't my church, this is our church. This is your church. This is, this is who we are. And, and seeing God do great things, I had so, so many people come to me and talk to me and say, dude, Pastor Dakota killed it. Uh, it was so good. Um, and I'm so thankful that we have gifted people that can bring an amazing word and do a great job. Uh, whether it's, it's me or somebody else, man, I just love it. And so thanks for allowing me to be gone, but thanks for loving uh, on Pastor Dakota and, uh, and, and, and giving him all the amens that you possibly could. So as good as you were for him last week, mm-hmm, I need y'all to be good for me this week, all right? Y'all are gonna have to bring it. And so, hey, so let's continue with our series called Second Chances. Uh, he did a great job as we brought this in last week. But uh, Jesus, I want you to open your Bibles or turn to Luke chapter 15. And here in the beginning of Luke chapter 15, Jesus has started talking or telling a parable or a, a, a three parables specifically. Uh, parables in the New Testament was just Jesus talking about just using stories to prove a point or get his point across. And so Jesus is, is talking in, in this chapter and he begins to talk about the lost, the lost sheep. And then he goes and t- uses an illustration of this lost coin. And, and he wraps up this trilogy, okay, of stories. And starting in verse 11, as if you grew up in church or maybe if you haven't, you may have heard of the prodigal son. And so today we want to talk about this prodigal son. And so chapter 11 it says this, to illustrate the point further, right? He's been talking about this. He's talked about the lost sheep and he's talked about the lost coin. But just kind of to prove his point, Jesus told them this story. A man had two sons. Everybody say two sons. The younger son told his father, I want my share of your estate now before you die. So his father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons A few days later, this younger son packed all his belongings and moved to a distant land, and there he wasted all his money in wild living. Everybody say, "Uh uh-oh. About the time his money ran out, a great famine swept over the land. Sometimes when it just seems like it rains, it pours, right? And he began to starve. He persuaded a local farmer to hire him, and the man sent him into, uh, into his fields to feed the pigs. The young man became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding the pigs looked good to him. But no one gave him anything. Verse 17 says, when he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, at home, even the hired servants have food enough to spare. And here I am dying of hunger. I will go home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me on as a hired servant. So he returned home to his father, and while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming, filled with love and compassion. Filled with what? Love and compassion. He ran to his son. He embraced him and he kissed him. He said, he said to him, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I'm no longer worthy of being called your son. But his father said to the servants, quick, bring the finest robe in the house and, and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and put some J's on his feet. Oh, no, no, sorry, it says sandals. But modern day, you get it. Put some J's on his feet, come on, and kill the calf. We have been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast for the son of mine was dead. And now he's returned to life. He was lost, but now he is found. So the party began. I don't know about you, but I'm so thankful for second chances. For me, it was... It was a freshman year in college, I believe. It might have been my sophomore year, but I think it was my freshman year of college. And, 
and I have some friends and you need to know something that I was, that, that math was kind of my jam. I, I enjoy math and I love all things math. Bria has, of course she's only in fourth grade right now, but she has math problems. I love getting to help her understand math problems or, and, and try to help her answer those questions that she has. And so uh, I'm in, I, I, in fact in college I would, I would take math classes as electives just for fun because I didn't have to study. I would get an easy A, like, let's go, right? And so uh, I'm just sick and twisted like that. I know, but hey. And so uh, so this one math class we had, I had a couple of friends and uh, we were, it was time for a test. And this one test was in the computer lab. And um, in the computer lab, uh, how many know that it's easier um, to have your eyes on other computer screens to help you out if you need a little assistance? Anybody ever need a little assistance? You might call it cheating. I'm just saying assistance, okay? <laughs> so, uh, and so, so the plan was that we would walk in and I would sit uh, at my computer and my one friend would sit on one side and the other one would sit on the other side of me and, and I would help them with assistance in taking this math test. And... And so I push my screen as far back as it can go uh, to, the, uh, to the wall uh, to allow their peripherals to be able to be assisted uh, to um, look on my screen if they might need an answer or two, okay? Uh, don't, hey, don't judge me. Some of y'all are judging me like, I can't believe he cheated. I'm feeling judged right now. Okay, and so, so about halfway through the test, everything's going great. I don't need to look on their screens because I'm way smarter than they are when it comes to math. And, and so I'm just doing my thing, right? Taking my time, maybe a little bit extra, you know, maybe like coughing every now and again, hey, you know, like 17, hey, you know? And so uh, just, 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 just trying to help a, a friend out, right? Anybody try to help a friend out before? Okay, not asking if you cheated. I'm just saying you try to help a friend out, right? You know, uh, and so, and so, because I know you would never do something like that. This just happens to be my story, okay? Jesus has worked on me, all right? And so just the work of sanctification, he's working out. And so, so about halfway, three quarters through the, through, the end of the, uh, through the end of the test, our professor comes by and he catches one of them looking on my screen. And he was like, what are y'all doing? And just like any other good person would say, we don't know what you're talking about. No, officer, I was not speeding. I didn't even know, <laughs> right? And so I didn't know I was going 85 and a 60. No, it was, uh, it was crazy, right? And so, so he's like, what are y'all doing? I can't believe you would cheat. And, and you gotta know that, that, that he knew us as Christians, as Christ followers. He knew that, that we loved the Lord. And, and so he held us to a higher standard and he held us in higher regard. And, and here, these three people, God-fearing people, cheating on a test, and, and so he says, if I see any one of you looking on your screens, I'm going to just, you're going to get all get zeros and we're going to talk. And I was like, oh, like, I'm like, okay, I can handle a zero. I could like figure this out, you know, make hundreds on the rest of my tests. You know, I could, you know, probably still get a B. I'll be, I'll be okay. Right. And so that we, we get done with the test and he calls us into his office like a few days later. He's like, I want to meet with y'all. I'm like, uh, have you ever been, I don't know if you've ever been called into the principal's office or, or talked to the teacher or whatnot, or like your parents, like one day are like, I want to talk to you. And you're like, oh no, you're like busted, right? And so, so we get into there and, and I'm, I, you know, have you ever done something wrong and you pray to God, like, could you please God in heaven, if you exist, if you're out there, like, I don't want like my character to be questioned any more than it already is at this moment. I don't want to lie. I mean, I've already cheated, so why not lie, right? But I don't want to lie anymore, and I don't want to, I don't want to, like, just please give me grace, <laughs> where I don't deserve grace. So we get in there, and the professor's talking to us, and he's like, I can't believe you guys. And I'm like, I can't believe this either. I'm so sorry. You know, I'm thinking, God, I don't want to lie. I, I just, just help me navigate this. And so, so the professor says, Welby. I said, yes, sir. He said, I can't believe that you were looking on their computer screens to cheat. 
to find out the answers. <laughs> and I said, sir, I just want you to know that I was not looking at their computer screen to cheat. Dude, he got indignant. He was mad. He was like, first you cheated and now you're lying to me. You're here to tell me, you're gonna look me in the face and you're gonna tell me that, that you weren't looking on their computer screens? And I was like, I just want you to know, professor, I know how guilty it looks, but I was not looking on their computer screens. And in my head going, oh dear God, please just don't ask me any other questions because they were looking at mine. <laughs> and, and he said, and he goes, well, your, your test scores were different enough. We're just gonna go ahead and just keep them the way they are. But just let me tell you that I, should, I feel like I should kick you out of this school. I feel like I should expel you. I feel like I should report you to, to those that can kick you out. I, I'm so disappointed in you. Here you are, you call yourself a Christ follower and a Christian and y'all are cheating on a test. And I felt so bad in that moment. But I thought to myself, man, I'm so thankful for a second chance. I'm so thankful that I didn't get reported to the, the school. I'm so thankful that, that he didn't kick us out of the class. I'm so thankful for in that moment where I deserved to be get a zero, maybe even deserved to get kicked out of school. I didn't know you could do that in college. I didn't know you could get kicked out of school for cheating in college. I was just my freshman year. I was so glad somebody had grace on me in that moment and gave me a second chance. And so here you have the prodigal son who's in need of a second chance, right? I looked up the word prodigal. What, is, what does prodigal mean? Because if you've grown up in church, you've heard it, prodigal son. You, you maybe know what he did, but what does prodigal even mean? And the definition says it's spending money or resources freely and recklessly. It goes on to say wastefully extravagant wastefully extravagant. I mean, if he's gonna be good at it, he's gonna be good at it, right? Have you ever been there? Like, if I'm gonna be bad, I'm gonna be really bad. Or if I'm gonna be good, I'm gonna be the best at being good. I feel like this was the prodigal son. He was wastefully extravagant. He goes to his dad and he tries to cash out early, right? Dad, I want my inheritance. And in those days, once the, once the father dies, typically inheritance is handed out. The dad dies and... And it's handed out to the sons. It says everything that the father has, he, he, he equally divides it and it's given up to each son. And then you have the first son, the firstborn, that's called, they give him what they call a double portion. Oh, I don't know about you, but I want some double portion, right? I'm the firstborn, let's go, you know? And so, uh, and so, so what happened, with the, essentially there's two sons, and so the younger son would get a third, the, the older son would get his third, but because he's the firstborn, the older son would get an extra third called the double portion. So the, so the younger, the prodigal son, says, Dad, Father, he basically says, you're dead to me. I want mine. I want what is owed to me now. And in those days, this was basically an unforgivable offense. This was basically saying, I'm gone, peace out. I'm divorcing the family. Like, I don't care about you anymore. And in those days, it was like you had nothing to do with the family any longer. This prodigal, he goes from living large to living alone. He goes from bling to broke. He wastes absolutely everything. I mean, it, it, it's like going from Ruth's Chris to Golden Corral. Like, like, I mean, it's that big of a difference. And so he spends some time living his life the way he wants to live it and, and doing his own thing. But I love in verse 17 because he finds some clarity of thought. He, he finds, he kind of wises up for, for, a, for a moment. It says, when he finally came to his senses, how many know after things are going bad for a little bit, you gotta come to your senses? When he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, at home, even the hired servants have food enough to spare. They have extras, they have leftovers, and here I am dying of hunger. So he has this thought of, man, Will dad take me back? 
can I return home? Can I tell you that sometimes we think that the grass is always greener on the other side, but can I tell you it's not normally? Like you get to the other side and you realize like they, 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 they painted the field green, right? You're like, oh, that's how I got that green. Or there's like a septic tank that's underneath helping it, right? And you realize that, that man, they've done some things, but it's not the way that you thought. It's not always greener on the other side. Daddy, I'm gonna take my inheritance now. I'm gonna go live my life now. I'm gonna go do my own thing now. But he realized after a while that his choices, his actions, his thoughts, it wasn't really the best way. And he began to devise a plan. How do I get back in good graces with my dad? Maybe you've been in a relationship with a parent before that, that wasn't good. I remember as a teenager, if I did something that would break my dad's trust, there would be times where he'd be like, son, my trust was here, but now it's here. Have you ever done that as a parent? If you haven't, you know, my dad did it. You know, it made me feel really bad. Man, I thought, I thought I could really trust you. You've been so responsible and respectful and, but now you go and do this and ah, it's gonna take some time for you to build back up to that, to that notch. And you know, as, as a teenager, you're like, oh, man, now I can't go out on Friday nights or oh, you're taking, you know, I'm grounded or whatever it may be. But he began to think of some, some things that, that, how do I get back in good graces with my dad? I, I don't need status. I, I, don't need to be, I, I don't even need to be treated as a son anymore. I, I've already hurt the family. I've hurt, I've hurt everybody that was there. Maybe if I just, he lets me come back as a servant, I'll be fine. I'll be good. And everything will be all right. So in verse 20, it says, so he returned home to his father. And while he was still a long way off, how far? A long way. He didn't have it all together yet. He was still working his way back to the house. His father saw him coming. Filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. This lets us know that the father is always looking for us. The son was a far distance off. He was far away from the house. The Bible tells us that he was in a far land. He wasn't even close, but he decided to come back and the father was looking for his son. The father had never forgotten about his son. He knew the, that, the, that his kid was doing some things that maybe he didn't approve of or like, but he was ready. He was ready for his son to come back any moment. Maybe it was like the father was looking through the window of the house, just waiting to see the, just, the, just, just the son off into the distance. Man, it just begins to look like his son. I believe the father stepped out of the house and he goes to the end of the driveway and he's looking and he's yelling, son, Son, and he sees that it's his son, and he begins to run to him and embrace him. It doesn't matter what you've done. God's love is always available for us to run to. It doesn't matter what you've done. Maybe you're sitting here and you're disappointed in yourself or, or man, you're like, you don't understand what I've done or what I've experienced or, or what I did last night or, or where I've been this past month. But can I tell you that it doesn't matter your past. It doesn't matter where you've been or what, you, what, you, what you've experienced. What matters is that there's a loving God that's standing at the end of the driveway waiting to see who you, your silhouette coming towards him and he will run after you. He will run to you and he will love and embrace you. So this father, he extends compassion and forgiveness, not when he knows of the son's repentance, but when for all he knows, he is still off in a far country. The father doesn't forgive the son when the son comes back home. The father forgives him when he's off. And when he comes back, they embrace the father says, get the robe, get the robe, put the robe on the finest robe we have in the house. Come on. I mean, plush. Like, have you ever like been to a hotel 
And you're like, man, I'm going to wear this robe. It looks good. You know, it's soft. It feels good. And they got slippers. You like put your slippers on. Like you just feel like you just you're like, look at me. You know, you're taking selfies in the mirror. <laughs> duck lips, whatever you got going on, you know. And so it's like, oh, man, he's like, get the finest robe. Let's put it on him. Let's, let's, put, let, let's put the ring on him. And let's, let's put the sandals on him. And these things begin to signify the son's status as he came back, his reputation and honor. Can I tell you that the son didn't have to work his way back? The son didn't have to prove himself? The son didn't have to, all right, son, trust is here, but now it's here. I'm gonna need you to do some chores and take out the trash and I'm gonna need you to, I'm gonna need you to uh, mow the yard a little bit or, or uh, you know, hey, uh, you know, maybe some broken trust in your, in your marriage and, and you're like, man, I, I, I gotta do some things that, that, that help build my trust back up. But this son, he, he shows up and the father, he says, no, 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 this is my son. And he gives him status and he gives him reputation and he gives him the honor that he had when he left. And these gestures far exceed the son's need. The son just wanted to come back and just be a servant. Can I just be a servant? Can I just come into the house? Can I just serve? Can, man, I, I just want to be within the four walls of this house. I just want to be under your protection. It doesn't matter who I am. It, it doesn't matter how people call me or how they perceive me. I just want to be close to you. And the father far exceeds expectations. The father far exceeds the son's expectations. He says, no, 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 no. I know what you've done and where you've been, but let me, let me bring you back. Let me not just say it, but let me, let me let others see it. The son, I believe, may imagine that the father would disown him, but instead the father distinguished him. The son probably thought, man, I'm going to try and come back, but I bet the father disowns me. But instead the father distinguishes him. And lets people know, man, I, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. Doesn't that sound like another father that we know? A heavenly father? This is my son in whom I'm well pleased. God today does not want to disown you but he wants to distinguish you. My son was dead, but now he's alive. He was lost and now he is found. Let's throw a party. Man, I believe that day that the son came back and the dad said, let's throw a party. Man, I believe they had like Amazing Grace on like dubstep remix, man. It was just like, man, it was amazing. Everybody's having a party, they're excited that the son is back, except for one person. At least one person wasn't excited. The son, the older son, the firstborn. He's a little, what we would call salty. He's disgruntled. He's not very happy that he's back. In fact, it says in verse 25, meanwhile, the older son was in the fields working. What was he doing? Working. When he returned home, he heard Drake in the background and dancing in the house. What is going on? What is all this commotion? And he asked one of the servants what was going on. Your brother is back. He was told, and your father has killed the fattened calf. This was a big deal. We're celebrating because of his safe return. The older brother was angry, and he wouldn't go in to the party. His father came out and begged him, 
But he replied, all these years, I've slaved for you. I've worked for you. And you never once, and never once refused to do a single thing you told me to do. I'm the good son. You love me more than everybody else. And in all that time, you never gave me one young goat. <laughs> you never bought me a car. You never paid for my college. You never, you fill in the blank. Yet when this son of yours comes back after squandering your money on prostitutes, so he's bringing out all the stops. You celebrate by killing the fattened calf. His father said to him, look, dear son, you have always stayed by me and everything I have is yours. We had to celebrate this happy day for your brother was dead and has come back to life. He was lost, but now he is found. And that is something to celebrate. Son, you've never left. You've been here the whole time. But this one, he left. Yeah, yeah, he did some things that maybe we wish he didn't do. Maybe he did some things that we would have never chosen him to be a part of. But, but man, we're going to celebrate him. We're not going to make him uh, suffer the consequences any longer, but we're going to allow him to come back and we're going to love him and we're going to embrace him and we're going to let him know man he belongs right here in this house you see the older son had yet to learn that righteousness is not achieved by his worthy obedience but it's a gift conferred by the father's love and it's received by joining the banquets it's what I like to call religion versus relationship. If you've grown up in church, you, you grew up in, and maybe you've been turned away from church because there's been a list of, of don'ts. There was never a whole lot of list of do's, but it was a whole list of don'ts. Don't do this. Don't do that. Don't go there. Don't be here. Don't, 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 don't. And after a while, I believe there was a generation of people that were told that for so long. They're like, man, I can't even do anything. So why not just go and do whatever I want to do? And we're in a day and age where people are starting to come back. I believe that we're in a day and age where people are hungry for a move of God. I believe that we're in a day and age where people are just, just wanting an experience with Jesus, an experience in something. They will go and experience whatever they can to feel something better, to hurt, to help the hurt, to help the pain, whatever it can be. Can I tell you, there's a man named Jesus that is waiting for you just to say yes to him today, that he will wrap his arms around you and he will love you no matter what you've done or where you've been. Because he's all, it's always been about relationship. It's not about a list of don'ts or do's. Can I tell you, the closer you get to Jesus, the more you will want to stop living the way that you have in the past. What I've learned is that nobody has to tell somebody that you've, that you've done something bad or wrong. I don't need somebody to tell me that I've done something wrong. You wanna know why? Because I already know it. I know when I've done wrong. But what Jesus says is like, I've already died for this. All this wrongdoing we call sin, I've died for that. I'm not interested as much as what you've done as who you are. And I, I just want to spend time with you. Can I tell you that Jesus just wants you to spend some time with him? That it's not about the religion, but that it's about relationship. prodigal son the son who did everything right 
we've got two spectrums, don't we? One, we could say, did everything wrong. And the other one, we could say, you know, looked like he did everything right. But none of these problems posed in the parable can be solved without the Father. The, the prodigal or the good son. And this story has always been taught as the prodigal being the main character. Most times, as we read this and as we teach this, we, we teach it as the prodigal, as the main character. But can I tell you that really the focal point of the story is the father? That the parable is really about the love of the father that never stops. The son was far off. And he did everything that he could possibly do to hurt the father, to divorce the father, to separate himself from the family. But we see a loving father that not just was watching and waiting, but a father that ran to his son. How the prodigal son, how he acts after the party or after he was received is never told. Have you ever thought, like, I wonder how the story finished. But how the prodigal acted after that, it was never told. And, and how the embittered brother, how he handled his younger brother and how he dealt with that, that it, it, never, it never moves on, it never talks about that. Why? Because I believe God is always working on us. I believe God is always working on us because if it's not being upset at your brother or if it's, if it's not trying to come back to God, there's always something that says, man, I, I'm just trying to be closer to the Father. I'm just trying to be closer to Jesus today. Man, I got some things in my life that I'm struggling with. You may be here and you're saved today. You may be here and you're going to heaven. And man, we're so glad and thankful for that. But I don't know about you, but there's some things that we go through in life that just begin just to be turmoil inside of us. So there's some things that begin to, to shift and some things that begin just to turn up inside of us that we have to learn to deal with and we ask God things like where are you in this situation I thought you were going to do this but it doesn't look like that right now I'm dealing with some hurt I'm dealing with some pain and and I don't know how to get through it I thought I was supposed to marry this person but now we're divorced. I didn't think it was going to be this difficult. And the thing I love in the story and the thing that I love in life is that the position of the father remains the same. The position of the father remains the same. That God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He will never change. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He is the one thing that is complete and the thing that can satisfy your soul more than anything else. No matter if you've gone and you've went your own way or you're carrying a fence this morning, I want you to know that the Father, His position has never moved and He has always been there. It's not the Father who moves, but it's us. It's life that causes us to move some. And I believe that as we learn to follow Jesus, that, that we would learn to to do our best to keep Jesus at the center of it all. That life may have us swing way out this way and, and then it may have us swing way out this way, but but I believe as life happens and, and emotions happen and, and, and things happen that, that Jesus is just wanting to help us. How does he become the center of it all? Oh. Because it's not him who moves but us I want to talk to two types of people today as we close just 
Maybe you've been off in a distant land. You've been off in a distant land. I, I just want to encourage you with this simple phrase. Come home. Come home. Today you can do that. Maybe you've allowed the label that life has put on you. You've allowed it to keep you at a distance. The younger son's not known as the younger son. He's known as the prodigal son. And for a long time, that label kept him away. Maybe you've gone off and you've done your own thing, but maybe you're doing your own thing, but can I tell you, just come home today. Maybe people have made their opinion about you. Maybe people have said things about you. Can I tell you, just come home today. I believe God's not just waiting for you here at the end of the driveway, but I believe he's running out to you. Or maybe you're here and there's been a relationship or relationships that have been broken in your life. You've been carrying unforgiveness or offense or bitterness that comes from it. And you know that there's some reconciliation that needs to happen. Can I tell you, begin today praying and asking God, God, would you do something in me? Would you do something in me and in my heart and in my life? Because I can't control what everybody else does, but I can control what I do. I believe for the older son, it doesn't say how the story ended for him, but I believe that those are emotions and thoughts that he had to, to work on and to work through. God, how do, I, how do I forgive my brother? How do I go to the party? How do I live under the same house with him? God is a God of second chances. I believe not just a second chance, but I believe a third and a fourth. And I believe that a lot of times he's constantly knocking at the door, saying, will you let me come in? And today you have that chance with heads bowed and eyes closed. I believe that God's knocking on the door of many of your hearts. Maybe you're here today you have some offense, you have some things, you have things that you're wrestling with. And you would say, I just, my prayer today is, God, would you, would you do something in me? Would you help me? I wanna pray for you today. You say, Pastor Wally, that's me. Would you, would you just pray for me today? I'm just gonna ask you to lift your hand. That's me. I just, I got some things I'm wrestling with. I need, I need a second chance. God, I, I need some help today. Yeah, I see your hand. Yeah, anybody else in this place? Yeah. I, 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 would you pray for me today? I need that second chance. I need some help today. I need God to speak, continue to do something in my heart today. You say, that's me. Just lift your hand. Yeah. Yeah. Lord, we love you. And we thank you today, God, that that you're speaking and you're doing some things in our hearts and our lives. We thank you that it's not about religion, but it's about relationship. And God, as we get closer to you, God, I believe that you do things in our hearts that we can't do for ourselves. And there's healing and there's, there's things that take place, God, that we need, desperately need to move on, that we can be healthy as well in our own lives. God, I pray for emotional health, Lord. Pray for spiritual health, God. I pray that you would speak to us today, that you would do something in those. Well, that you're just, there's some wrestling, there's some uneasiness, some, some things that, that you need to step in and do. God, I pray that you would do that in Jesus' name. Maybe you're here today and you've been far off. Maybe you've never given your life to Jesus. Maybe you gave your life to Jesus at one point, but but you're far off. Can I tell you that, that he, is, he is there? He's not just watching and waiting, but he's running to you this morning. That you're not here by accident, but, but I believe that he wants you to say yes to him today. That, hey, that, that today would be a new day. That you can start afresh and a new today. You say, that's me. 
that's me that you want to give Jesus your, your yes today. You want to say, yes, be my Savior. Yes, be my Lord. No one's talking and looking around, but you say yes. Would you raise your hand today? Would you pray for me, Pastor Welby? You say yes. Lift your hand up all in this place. Yeah. Yeah, I'm saying yes to Jesus. I see your hand. I see your hand. Yes. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. I'm saying yes to Jesus. Come on, I believe he's running to you this morning. Anybody else in this place? He's saying yes. I see your hand. Yeah. So good. Why don't you say this prayer? Whether you raised your hand or you didn't, Say this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I ask you today to come into my heart, to come into my life, to be my Savior, and to be my Lord. Forgive me of my sins and make me more like you. Thank you for running to me today. I don't just... You're not just running into me, but I'm running to you. And I pray today, as I join the party, that you would heal me from hurts, heal me from pain, and make me new today. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Thank you for joining us in the Hope Rising podcast. Visit us online at hoperising.co. If you're in the Cypress, Texas area, we would love to connect with you on Sundays, 10 a.m. at Spillane Middle School. Thanks again for listening. Have a wonderful week.